I'm Nicole Spezio. And I'm Jenny Donheiser. And, and this, this is How Are You Brainwashed, a podcast about deprogramming, unpacking, and, and sometimes... <laughs> and Dorinda sometimes. Okay, so we, I think, <laughs> tried it, and I feel like, let's not have a thing. <laughs> let's just sort of be who we are, and and people will figure it out. Yeah. We wanted to have a tagline, but I think it's not... We don't need it. We don't need it. If you don't get it, babe, you don't get, you don't get it. it. That's not really my problem. <laughs> yeah. Babe, what's going on? Babe, um, just got back from a little trip. Yes. With my husbandy, went to the Caribbean... Went to an island called Grenada. Have you heard of it? I have. I, I heard it's the English people's island that they go to. Yes. It was formerly a British colony. <laughs> Got their independence in the 70s, I learned while I was there. Okay, history. <laughs> <laughs> Very uh, low-key, I felt. So would recommend. Really beautiful beaches. Okay. Water as warm as the bath. I mean... <laughs> That's all I want is to be in nature's bathtub. You know, no seaweed, jellyfish. You can just walk right on into that bathwater and swim around for as long as you want. What was the best, funnest, coolest thing you did and also the best thing that you ate? That's what I like to know. Wow. Okay. Well, I did scuba diving for the first time, Ooh! which I have never done before. I've done a snorkel many times. I mean, we life. live to snorkel. <laughs> Snorkeling <laughs> is my religion. <laughs> scuba diving is crazy. It's a really intense sort of system you got to learn. Yeah. And they let you go after an hour and a half in a pool learning yeah, how to do seems, it. <laughs> I mean, similar to like jumping out of a plane. It seems like we're just like letting people do this a little too quickly. I did have to watch a half hour e-learning video where I had to take a quiz at the end before I did my pool training. Say one thing you learned. Okay, well, uh, you have to equalize is a term I learned on your way down, which is you have to pop your own ears as you're going down. And they call that equalizing so that the pressure doesn't, you know break your head oh god (laughs) if breaking my head is on the table honey i do not want what's being served (laughs) graham and i spent an intimate two hours in the pool with our scuba instructor neil shout out to neil (laughs) he was from washington state (laughs) and now running a dive shop in grenada love that life (laughs) bath he was so kind what's also funny is you have to learn a lot of like hand symbols and oh, memorize what yeah. they are because that's how you communicate to each other under the pool. Scary. <laughs> under the pool. I'm sorry, under the water. <laughs> we learned them in the pool. So that was funny. Okay. Like one is like cool fish and one is like I'm drowning. Yes, exactly. Cool. Awesome. <laughs> one is like no air. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what was that again? Tell me, yeah, yeah, tell tell me, me no air. Time. Make sure I really got that one. <laughs> yeah, and you have to wear weights around your waist to sink oh uh uh-huh and then you have a vest that inflates and deflates with air depending on if you want to go up or down so you're holding this button and you're either putting air in your vest or taking it out to sink and go up and so that is so there's a lot going on you gotta know hand symbols you gotta sink up and down you gotta equalize through your nose the whole time did you see a beautiful fish or a beautiful coral well they have a underwater sculpture museum so they've put all these sculptures down in the bottom of the bay and now all this coral and all these fishes have grown around it it looked very did you watch the mushroom zombie show no 
Yes. Okay. Our guest is nodding that he there was like a mermaid sculpture, but she had all these coral around her face, and it looked like the mushroom That's zombies. So cool. <laughs> It was cool. So I was glad we scuba for that because there were snorkelers on our boat and I was like, they can't see these sculptures as well. All right, don't turn your back on where you came from. <laughs> Amateurs. Okay, come on. I'm down here equalizing, giving hand symbols, sim- symbols, signals. <laughs> An underwater sculpture thing sounds so cool yeah it is cool apparently this guy who did it he this was the first place he did it now he's been commissioned like all over the world because it became such a draw for granada that now he's putting them in all these other islands and making (sighs) bajillion dollars putting sculptures down underwater what a weird career i went one time in a submarine what You've been in a submarine? Yeah. (laughs) In Aruba. And um, I went in a submarine in Aruba and there was a sunken ship that we went to go see. But then it came out that like it wasn't like they sunk the ship or something. Yes, they do that. For science. So I could see it. But like it wasn't like a real thing. And I was like, that's weird. Yes. We were talking about this with our guy, Neil. They do sink ships. Do you know what they're doing in New York? Get about this. Oh, our our guest knows. They're sinking subway cars. So that. (laughs) They're sinking subway cars to create artificial reef. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I learned that on the trip as well. They're sinking subway cars. That's so cool. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is really cool. <laughs> I just earnestly feel moved by that. <laughs> wow. Anyway, and the best thing I ate was we did an omakase at another hotel. And it was like Latin Japanese fusion. Mm. And that was really good. Mm, yeah. Cool. Anyway, so that's what's going on with me. What's going on with you, babe? Well, I mean, the elephant in the room is I have a new haircut. <laughs> I, I I think we need to talk about that is I have a shag cut now. My hairdresser, Andy, shout out to Andy, also said it's now called the wolf cut. Oh. Um, and so. I love it. I didn't cry after, which is huge for me. I usually always cry after making a hair change. Because no. I feel that all my power and hotness is in my hair um <laughs> much like joe march my one great beauty oh my god <laughs> joe you're one great beauty uh, so i do usually cry when i get my hair cut but i kind of am into it i love to be shaking my little wolf cut i, I think it looks fabulous i think it's fun yeah it is very fun Okay, so that's my first piece of huge news. My second piece of huge news is I have made contact with a real housewife. <gasps> Gasp, why, who, when, how, where? I sent an Instagram DM to Heather Dubro from the Orange County, the richest real housewife of all. Oh, wow. She posted about her birthday party (laughs) and she made a youtube video about it and she posted on insta check out my youtube video about my birthday party and i wrote loved it 
and she wrote thank you <gasps> wow <laughs> and i got this dm at two in the morning and i was like i can't sleep now <laughs> i woke mike up i was like heather dubrow contacted me i i i'm she said thank you in the dms yes okay, thank you wow. three That's exclamation huge. points wow heather DeRoad was responding to every dm no no just to me just to me <laughs> just to sort of members of the community fellow actresses yeah um, yeah 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 yeah, I'm really riding high from it. I, I've never sort of <laughs> felt the need to slip into a DM of a housewife, but you know, I did like her birthday video on YouTube. What? 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 Where'd she go for a birthday? What'd she do? What was the YouTube like video? an STK or some sort of fancy place? Oh, <laughs> and, steak dancing. And she, yes, there was like a joint section where you could roll your own joint. Oh my god! With like special flowers in addition to weed and then there was a big gong when you enter and you take a shot glass and the the shot glass is ice and then you throw it at the gong to let everybody know you're at the party and there was there were gifts that she gave wait, gift wait, to, okay, okay 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 sorry okay okay i need okay, to i need to calm down that. okay you take a shot with okay. a shot glass of ice so there are shot glasses they are made of ice much like you know sometimes they make shot glasses made out of cookies and then fill them with milk at one place i think the grown-up place but anyway so there are shot glasses you take the shot from the shot glass and then you throw it at a gong and it makes a noise it's like a gong noise please make it nope <laughs> so then every time someone walks into the party there's a big gong noise i've never heard of that i love that i want to steal that and then she had like gift bags for everyone at the end, but there were some high end items and some oh, to be rich. some like socks with her face on them and like just uh, why she's so rich? Why is she? How is she so rich? How did she get her money? Her husband is a plastic surgeon. Classic. They're all <laughs> married I'm to plastic surgeons. I'm pretty sure was the plastic surgeon on the Swan. <gasps> For this to be the first time the swan comes up on the pod. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that... He's a botched guy, too, right? And now he does botched. Okay. Wow. But I think that the press of being the plastic surgeon on the swan, I think you can't buy it. So I, I think he just... The business really came in after wow. um, we made ugly women compete to be hot <laughs> yeah listeners if you don't know about the swan do yourself a, a google and investigate it was a reality show competition where plastic surgeons made women more attractive and then they competed in a beauty competition to become to then who the was swan. the ultimate hottest swan ugly duckling to swan it is let's just say i think the darkest thing yeah i think we might have found the ultimate how were you brainwashed okay should, should we, we bring in our guest should we bring in our guest okay yeah yes okay let's do it okay this is i don't want to say it's the second time we've had this guest <laughs> there was a technical issue which we will not discuss <laughs> where we did record a whole episode with this guest <laughs> And now we figured out tech. Guest. We got new mics, honey. <laughs> and we got the same guest. <laughs> this guest is first and foremost family, friend, icon, 
legend. <laughs> Charisma eating this nerf talent. <laughs> Ever heard of a podcast called Gay Pride and Prejudice, honey? Ever heard and be of- award nominated? Oh, yeah, we're going to get into it. <laughs> oh, pick incredible downtown theater moment. An incredible short film you should watch online called oh, Island Queen. It's so good. Starring Jesse Tyler Ferguson and Marisol Sacramento. <laughs> yes. Friend of the VOD. Genius writer, genius director. We love him. You're going to love him. Please welcome to the pod, Zachary Grady. I am so happy that the swan came up. <laughs> In moment one. <laughs> I just have to launch right into you you saying it's like one of the darkest reality shows. I also need to talk. Jenny, did you watch the gay dating show on? Was it Boy Meets Boy? Boy Meets Boy. Did you watch this? No. What is that? I think it was on Bravo. Like early, early Bravo where they were just trying shit out. We've talked about it ad nauseum. Yes. It was like The Bachelor but gay. And it was one guy and his best girlfriend. And he was dating a bunch of gay men and the girlfriend was there to sort of be his liaison or whatever Help, be the friend but then a twist was, was revealed what like episode five or something or, or early I on i don't remember that half the men were straight oh no and if he picked one of them they would get money <gasps> oh my god and deception i hate Hate this. The best part though was the when the girlfriend found out she had a meltdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I would t- if I was. The I friend. would fucking lose it if I was that friend. I would be like, we're gone, we're out. We're Yo, like, it's not out. worth it. Let's and get I, out. I've looked for it on YouTube. Now I need to go back and try to find it, but it I couldn't find it a few years ago. But if we find it, put it in the show notes. It's okay. Yeah. It's like one of the most important early reality TV show moments where someone was like, this is wrong, and they kept it in the show. Whereas I feel like now whenever anyone gets like meta and says it's wrong, they edit it out. But she was just like, no, absolutely not. We're leaving. And anyway, dark reality TV. So dark. In the early 2000s, it really was just like, gladiators like, like <laughs> put them all in a ring and watch them kill each other oh and then we'll make money God. from it yes yeah, yeah. joe so, millionaire joe yes. millionaire yes. it was a lot of duping people mm-hmm. i mean punked i mean yeah i don't know like what were we doing i feel here? like the latest one was that remember the show where they tried to convince women that they were dating prince harry <laughs> no and it was a guy that that was like, like a Terry? recent that was I, the most recent one of these i can think of that yeah it was just a red-headed british guy and they like wouldn't no. say who he was and all the girls were like that's prince harry no wait recently <laughs> yeah, well yeah like pre megan markle but yeah what yeah dark dark timeline have we you think we've gotten better you think like love is blind and the ultimatum and all the I mean I think we're on the path but do I think we're at the do I think we're closer to the beginning <laughs> than the end? Yes, mm-hmm. but I do think we're on the path. I do think that you Nicole should teach a reality. You've you've joked about it, but you need to teach a course in the history of reality TV. Yeah. I have put in my 10,000 hours. <laughs> like, I, I do feel I have some information about reality tv so okay where would you start would you start chronologically would you go like first season oc or would you like start start with real world babe yeah yeah world 
Yeah. The Stephen Irene slap. Ooh, that was well in. That was well in, but... But... But, but iconic. <laughs> uh, I, it was a lot. Okay. Zachary, Jenny said that you were an Ambi nominee. Yes. Can we get into that? Yes. Yes. How <laughs> was your trip to Vegas? Oh, my God. Well, first... Tell the listeners what the Ambies are if they yes, don't know. Yes, yes. And the, if you don't know, you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> You've been under a rock for the past three years only. No. Um, Ambies are... They just had their third annual awards. It's a really cool... Um, the Podcast Academy runs them, and they're, bas- they're self-described as the Oscars of podcasting. And they're really putting a lot of effort into making them reputable awards and they have categories across all of podcasting so it's everything from interview shows to fiction shows to journalism there's 27 categories and my series got nominated for two we got nominated for best original score by chris ryan shout out out. and we got nominated for podcast of the year which was shocking zachary so cool it was i mean it's i you try to play things down, but this is one where I'm like, no, it's really fucking cool. Podcasts yes. of the damn year. Yeah. Do you know how many podcasts there are, unfortunately, at this point? And yours was nominated. Yeah. For and the I... podcast Oscar. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Best picture. You both know this about my personality. I'm someone that's thorough, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And so I did listen to one episode of all the nominated podcasts, and there were 10 of us. And mine's a fiction series, which was crazy to be included opposite like Debbie Millman's show, which has been on for 18 years and these incredible like documentary series. Wow, um, yeah. And just listening to the, I, at first I was like, Oh, you know, no one really knows what the Ambies are. It's just this award. But then I listened to the nine other shows in our category and I was like, Oh my God, to be, I, it just, I still am not over it. Yeah. And all this is to say, I got to go to Vegas. I went to, a full award show in the Barry Manilow Theater in Stop. Vegas. <laughs> My mother-in-law is going to love that. Yes, honey. <laughs> and then I was in Vegas for a podcasting convention that whole week. And a week is far too long to spend in Vegas. But Oof. I did it. Better or worse than our four-day trip to Vegas where we saw Britney Spears. Oh, my God. <laughs> we famously for our 30. Our joint, Jenny and I, was, we're a week apart, our birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We famously went to Vegas for our 30th to see Britney in her concert and we had a good time uh, <laughs> <laughs> was it for your 30th yeah oh wow i forgot that it's over five years ago now over years ago it was a wild trip mm-hmm. <laughs> but not like wild and like a straight guy vegas way wild and like i took molly and thought i was dying <laughs> <laughs> nicole's tongue turned brown <laughs> And she thought that she was dying. And then we all Googled it. Turns out it's a reaction to Pepto-Bismol. Too much Pepto- yeah. Let this podcast tell you, if you have too much Pepto-Bismol, your tongue will tur- likely turn brown. And so then when you're in Vegas and you're brushing your teeth and you see a brown tongue and you think, I'm going to die in Vegas... Just know that it's probably because you took too much pepto You walked out of the bathroom and announced, I'm dying. <laughs> I mean, color-changing tongue. Sorry, I'm not scientist, but I'm pretty sure it's a pretty big red flag. It is seared into my memory. We were just all chilling in the hotel room, and then you walked out and you slapped both hands on your side and went, I'm dying. <laughs> so dramatic. And we were like, okay. And we all, we all like... 
You're very like, don't google we will google yeah, yeah, for we will you google. <laughs> we had like a full team of people googling on different sites and we all were like it seems to be right did you take pepto-bismol and you were like i had a whole bottle yeah. <laughs> so this trip was different because i was <laughs> no brown time i was alone i mean i had a bunch of work colleagues that were there yeah. at the same time as me but what was fun is we were in this hotel that wasn't fanciest hotel it wasn't bad but everyone sort of got antsy at this convention and every meeting i had every person i met with was like can we go to this nicer mm-hmm. hotel so i just saw all these like really nice i went to restaurants or bars in these really nice hotels mm-hmm. for all my meetings all week and i was like that's great so i feel like i've been in every nice hotel in vegas now yeah okay for- what's the best one uh the conrad uh is mm. the new resort world one it's like the red new one um they have a rooftop bar called a l e on 66 if i'm saying if i'm remembering that what? correctly <laughs> it's a really nice rooftop ale. bar a- ale ale um on 66 anyway it's it's their rooftop bar and it just you sit in a chair that is like pressed against the glass window. That's a floor length glass window. And you're just looking over the strip. Whoa. And we went at sunset. So you saw the sunset mm. over the mountains and then all the lights turned on and they have paid me to come on the pod and say, <laughs> go make a reservation. But yeah. Vegas is crazy. It's fully Disney world for adults and yeah. I love it and I hate it, but yeah. I very much, I went in and I saw shows and I had a great time and now I'm home. Can you tell us about (laughs) Adele? (laughs) (laughs) I did see Adele and it was insane. (laughs) Okay. What? Tell us. Uh, I'd never seen her. She's of our generation. We love her. I'm not going to pretend I love her more than anyone else. We all know she's a star. I was shocked at how good she sounded. I mean, I couldn't mm. believe it. Like, And it was one of these concerts where, yes, they spent money on rain and literal fire on stage for one song. But the rest of the money was entirely spent on how she sounded. Like, the piano sounded incredible. Mm. It just started with someone playing, the guy playing piano at the beginning. And I was like, this is mixed really well. It just sounded crazy, which I know is, I feel funny saying that in reaction to a concert. But, like... It was my main takeaway. I just spent the whole concert being like, she sounds rested. She's Mm. doing two shows a week. She sounds like she slept all week and did not look at alcohol and just showed up rested, ready. And she opened with hello. And like the first line of hello, I thought, oh, oh, we're in good health right now. It was insane. Insane. And she sang for two hours. She's so fun. Just like. Just so many hits. It really, really, really was special. And I feel like I never need to see her again. That's <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not in a bad way. I just feel like I went how You had the quintessential Adele experience. Just like I famously... We're going to talk all about the concerts I've seen. <laughs> I saw Beyonce at Roseland years ago. Die. And that's why I'm like, I don't go into the mad dash to get mm-hmm. tickets to her. Like a stadium with Beyonce is not going to top right. yeah. Roseland a day before she announced she was pregnant on the VMAs. Oh. Okay. I heard Love on Top for the first time live in the theater, stoned out of my mind, and every key change, I just like... Oh, my God. ...birthed a new version of myself. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I saw Adele. It was insane. I won't recover for a long time. Um, I Did like, you weep? I definitely got emotional. I definitely... There, it was... She started off with 
five piano ballads. She just was like, this is how I like to start. I don't, yeah. it was just her to piano. She was like, I promise more will happen. <laughs> I, I love her. <laughs> but she was like, this is what I do. And I was next to these two ladies from the Pacific Northwest who were just like woodworkers. And before the whole show, they were showing me the cabinets they make. And I was like, this <laughs> is incredible. Um, wow. it was, You'll make a friend anywhere. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> it was incredible. I am very happy. And I would recommend going to Adele. <laughs> it's a good show. Yeah. You didn't imagine it would be. It is. I saw her at MSG. I saw whatever oh, the did? tour was before this. I love the audience at Adele. Everyone sits the fuck down. Yes. Yeah. Everyone's like, we're sitting. And yeah. I love a seat. I hate standing for a very long time at a concert. I can't. We, Jenny and I famously did it <laughs> at a Gaga concert in the pit. Pee in cups. We did pee in cups. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We were we were very close to the stage in the pit at Lady Gaga yeah, Monster I mean, Ball. You can't get to the map. Shout out to my friend Brian Rubin who gave us his VIP tickets to Lady Gaga like five hours before the concert. Yeah. Oh my god! He was like he couldn't go, and he texted me and said, "Do you want my Gaga tickets?" And this was tw- this was before twelve maybe. I think Born This Way had the song Born This Way had just come out. Oh wow! Okay, it was it was her first stadium tour, and we got VIP tickets. We were pressed against the stage in the pit. We were babies and we had to pee and we <laughs> couldn't leave. Couldn't yeah. leave. And we had cups because we had gotten stadium beer. We were at Nassau Coliseum. We oh had gotten God. huge beers <laughs> that they poured into big cups and I was wearing a skirt and <laughs> I put a oh cup my God. <laughs> in between my hear. legs and peed into the cup. And Zachary peed, you know, was able to mm-hmm. open his pants and do it. I remember the song I peed during boys. Boys, 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 boys. Yeah, that's definitely a song I peed during, and I will never. Every time I hear it, I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> last up, Nicole said this podcast becoming a body horror. <laughs> if you don't talk about peeping or pooping, you're not a guest. Yeah, oh sorry, Nicole. Oh boy, boy, boy. <laughs> I also saw that you went to the Drag Race Review. What the hell um, was that show? Review. Oh my God, yes. I went to... Ruview? RuPaul's Drag Race Live, it's called. It should be it's called Ruview. RuPaul's Drag Race Live at Ruview. Ruview. Send him an email. It, it was literally a live episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. It was just genius. They're in the workroom. They do a, a mini challenge. They what? do like skits. It's and like literally, they all do numbers. They lip sync. It's a full show, and like the audience picks the winner. Whoa! And it's very fun. It's so silly. And also, what was funny is I feel like some of the queens were like, "I'm in Vegas. This is a dream," and some of the queens were like. It's a Thursday night, and I'm going to bed right after this. <laughs> well, I bet those queens didn't win. I no, I will say Alexis Mateo was working for the coin. She was really on that stage to prove something, and she proved it, and I love her. Wow, wow, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was at the Flamingo, which is a very funny mm. hotel. I really don't need to go back to Vegas for a decade. Yeah, I think I'm good. I think if, if Rihanna, if... Who would draw you? Who would draw you back for oh. if they did a to show? To fly there or like if I was there, I would see them. <laughs> like, to fly there. Okay. To fly. I mean, oh God. Um, I don't know. No one. Adele. Right now, 
the Beatles. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if they brought the Beatles back to life and they did a concert, they I would go. Hologram Liberace. Ooh, oh. I would go see Hologram Liberace in Vegas. That's the title of the episode. <laughs> I would absolutely see hologram Liberace. I would see hologram Liberace. Oh my in god! Vegas. With a real piano, but a hologram Liberace. That's all I want. Scott, Scott. <laughs> I, they do have Liberace's piano in the um, the same hotel that I talked about the rooftop. They do have his piano in the Ooh. lobby, and I took a bunch of photos of it. Well, we'd like to see them after we were gone. <laughs> We'd like to take a look. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit about your journey from like just the journey that gay pride and prejudice has taken mm. the mm. many forms that she has been in mm-hmm. and how she ended up being a narrative podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my God. I taught, I gay pride and prejudice is a series that we released last year. It's an audio series. Um, it's Spotify. It's on Spotify for free. If you want to listen, um, say some of the names of who's in it. I it, mean, there are some names. Honey. It's an incredible cast. Blakely and Ronald Pete are the two leads. It has Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Rosie O'Donnell, Vela Lavelle, Madison Sacramento, who we named earlier. <laughs> um, it's a huge cast. It's incredible. Nicole does play a pivotal role in it. Nicole plays the voice of the cell phone. She is the automated. She is the Siri of our Siri. recalculating. I've heard that I created a monster. You in- have one. New voice message. She's an absolute, (laughs) absolute pro. I can't stop doing (laughs) it. One of my favorite days in a studio was when you discovered you were good at that. And I remember to the sound engineer, I like messaged the sound engineer on the set. I was like, we're just going to play for a little bit. And yeah. then you just, we, I was like, say anything. I was <laughs> just did a lot of improv in that voice because it is truly the funnest thing to do. Yeah, it's really special. So we released it last May. I always say that it's like this crazy piece that sort of I've lived with for like six years. And totally. it, it gave me so many firsts in so many ways. I, I originally wrote it as a play. As you do, it was like a crazy play with 18 characters and a million locations. and Very producible. Very producible. We did a workshop and everyone was like, great, silence, which has been my relationship to theater. Um, And I just sort of lived with it. I tried to turn it into a a movie. movie. I mean, I wrote it as a feature and then I was like, well, that's not easier to make than a play. (laughs) And then it's this funny thing, like, I went to school with these two. I spent a long time in audio theater, which is a whole other conversation, but I have a background in audio design and I I did that for, I don't know, what, almost a decade mm-hmm. for a while. And then I put it behind because it was leading me in a path that I didn't want to go to. Mm-hmm. I was finding myself on projects where I was a designer and other people were making the creative decisions and I just realized like I'm not a designer. I will say one thing I learned when you're when you are a designer on a production with actors, you are invisible to the actors. Yeah. It's fast when you're on actors it, are bad. Actors are I, I I it was a show and there were all these dancers and I was like, "Oh, they're all so cute." Like I, I and then it was I was like, "Oh, I'm invisible." I'm at the designer table and they don't even look at me. <laughs> not let as much as like learn my name. Um and and yes, so I I was not special, so that's why I stopped doing it. Um, <laughs> I need the dancers to look at yes. me. <laughs> it was just this shocking moment where I was like, oh right, 
actors are really only going to focus on like the director and the creatives. They're not going to say hi to the sound guy. But if you're an actor, they say hi. hi. Say hi to the sound. I guys. remember the the like Melanie. I remember her name. She was early on was like, "Hi, what's your name?" And so, if you're an actor in a production, say hi to the sound people. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, sort of left it behind and got into just what we can call regular writing, and I pursued <laughs> that for a while. And then there was this moment where. I was like, you know, I made a short film. I had Topic, a play produced. I was like pursuing all these things like film, theater, scripted writing. And then I realized, oh, I can combine the two. I come from audio. And it was this this realization that, oh, if I make this into a scripted fiction podcast, which is an up and coming medium, I was like, oh, I have all the skill sets. And totally. it just felt like a match of everything that I do. And then from there, I was like, it, it feels like it's in my wheelhouse and yeah. it's so much easier. And that is liberating at the least. To s- no more than a little bit. Well, y- thank you. But it's like a situation where I know how to talk to a sound engineer. Yeah, I know right. how to talk to a sound designer in a way where I'm not pretending right. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it really does feel like you were meant to find this medium. Is that weird to say? But no, it's I, I not. I do feel that for you. For years, I used to say that I had two paths that looked at each other, but were running on parallel tracks. And I was like, I make these headphone shows, I design audio, and then I also write plays. And I found that people in each of those camps didn't take me seriously in the other mm. thing. And then this sort of was like, hi, they're both here together. Right. I know audio. I know storytelling. I I can write a script. I can design or direct designers in audio. I mean, the designers on Gay Pride and Prejudice are absolutely mind-blowing if you listen to it. But anyway, it's opened all these doors. And now I'm deeply immersed in the audio we call them, I call them audio series. The nomenclature is crazy right now. People call them fiction podcasts. People call them audio storytelling. Some people say they're not podcasts, they're series. It's hmm. basically, we're all over the place, but hmm. it's because it's new. And what's really fun about being in it is there's not, my experience is anyone in scripted fiction podcasting who talks like an authority who knows what they're doing is kind of full of BS. It's it's so new that I trust people who ask questions. I trust people who are like, we've done this and this worked and we really like this and this we found didn't work, but we're curious about exploring this. And Mimi O'Donnell, who runs Gimlet, she's directed so many of these, but she approaches it. She was an executive producer on Gay Pride and Prejudice and she approached it with such like we haven't really done a comedy let's try a comedy let's mm. figure it out like we don't know Let, let's try this this is what i've learned this is mm. what did this but it didn't really work and um but let's try this and i just think that that approach was so it opened me up to try mm-hmm. things i didn't feel like i had to convince her i knew what i was doing we were exploring together oh that's so nice i mean anyone in any job that's like right. absolutely i know what i'm doing and here we got to do this and i'm like okay Okay. <laughs> yeah, if you think you know, you don't know. You definitely don't. That's that's what it is. <laughs> if you think you know, you yeah. don't know. I show up to my job every day and I go, I don't know, guys. <laughs> yes. And I think Help me figure it out, please. What are we doing? I'm lost. <laughs> but it, it feels like this really cool training ground for 
me like my personal approach to work has changed from the energy of please notice me please read my script please trust that I know what I'm doing I've now graduated into a space where I'm like oh it's so much healthier to just enter the room and be like we're figuring this one out right let's let's what do you think I think Oh, what do I think? Let me tell you. I know, but I I was going to say, I think as actors, we are so trained to be like director's pet baby yes. that it's like, well, I can't possibly know the right thing. That's why this person is in charge and they're going to tell me what to do. Yes. Like, I think there was a real shift when I was like, oh, actually on some questions, I'm the smartest one in the room. Like mm. on some things that we're talking about, I actually yeah. know the answer. Not not everything, no. but like I think as actor, you're trained to think you don't know anything, right? And I, I think direct. I mean, I don't know. In my limited experience as director or being directed, <laughs> I think that I enjoy when the actor isn't having that experience. The checking of, am I doing it right? Am I doing it yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think yeah. that I don't enjoy that energy as a director and right. i think that unfortunately actors yeah we do feel like we have to please teacher right mm-hmm. it is um, an illness again and same with like actor. bosses or anybody yeah. that's a producer anybody that's coming into a thing and it's so nice if that person's coming in and being like we're doing this together baby yeah. i'm not here to tell you what to do i'm here to make this art with you and we're here to collaborate that's just such a better mindset yeah and i i definitely feel like i was spoiled on this one because it was the the team of producers there were five and they all were just so completely open and we all like some of us had done it and some of us hadn't but no Mm -hmm. one was coming down being like well you don't you know when you're a first time writer director on a big project there's this fear that everyone's going to be like well you don't really know what you're doing Mm -hmm. and I was freed because everyone was like go we're supporting yeah. you and trusting you and we're gonna catch you if you fall that's so and that i was like oh i'm so spoiled and it's helpful i think the opposite would have made me be a very like i have to prove to you that mm. i know what i'm doing right yeah defensive right exactly yes. which i think is something i've found in other mediums and so mm-hmm. i'm very grateful to be in a medium right now where like i get to not have to prove myself at every step of the way i get to enter the space and be like we're new this is a new frontier we're all figuring this out we're like on the front lines of audio storytelling and um it's very exciting if you haven't listened to one start with mine start with gate pride (laughs) and prejudice honey but also i mean i always say they're like it's a gateway once you listen to one you realize how cool they are and i always say if you have a flight download a season on your phone it's the best way to you're in like a confined space for three hours. You can listen to a whole season in that time. If you drive, a lot of people listen to them while they drive. I just think the possibilities are really exciting and the people getting involved in it right now are really exciting. And I think over the next five years, I think it's going to be a really, really interesting thing to see what happens. You know, I could talk about it for another hour, but it's sort of, we originally got into them thinking they were like a breeding ground for TV shows. Mm, It was sort of this derivative pipeline of let's make it a podcast and then it'll be a TV show. That's kind of died down where we realized like it's just impossible to make a TV show whether you have an existing (laughs) proof of concept or not. It's just like it's impossible to make a TV show. Unless you're Mindy Kaling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or Ryan Murphy. Yeah. Um, So it's calmed down. Like I'm involved with some really fun projects right now and I can't wait for them to come out because they're very different 
than Gay Pride and Prejudice. I get to push genre. I get to mm. push, you know, I, I my first one's a rom-com. I'm working on a murder mystery right now. Spooky. Uh, spooky. Um, it's, it's very fun. I'm having a great time and I hope to keep doing it. We love this for you. I hope to play Siri and everything. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. <laughs> okay, well, should we ask our, is it time now to ask our guests the question? Yes, Zachary, we've brought you here today because we want to ask, how were you brainwashed? You know, by society, by the culture, when you were growing up, what did you think was true, real fact that mm. now with adult Zachary eyes, you know, is bullshit? Okay. I've I've been thinking about this. I think that millennial gay men have a specific brainwashing. Mm-hmm. You both being millennials received it as well, but I think it was directed at gay men and it Okay, if you look at like 90s cinema into the early aughts, I would say like early 90s early aughts the good thing is we talk about representation and we see gay characters really popping up in a lot of films Mm -hmm. a lot of tv shows but if you you kind of look back at them now there's two types of gay characters that i've been analyzing i can't wait to hear what they are (laughs) and i do think when you like look at it and it's so black and white it's so shocking there are gay characters like the Birdcage, like Christian and Clueless, mm-hmm. um, My Best Friend's Wedding, mm-hmm. they are not sexual characters. Mm-hmm. Nothing about their, like, what they do is rooted in, like, I'm pursuing another man, I'm kissing another man, I'm having sex with another man, and they all have happy endings. Eunuchs with a personality. Eunuchs with a personality. <laughs> when you look at the other type, mm-hmm. it's gay men that are even remotely sexual. They might kiss. They they, they might have sex. They might um, think in like part of their identity is is rooted in that they are a living human with a sex organ mm-hmm. um, or a sexual drive. They all either die or kill people, mm-hmm. and it's so black and it's so clear cut and like everything from. Oh, God, now I'm going to forget examples. But, like, so a later version is Brokeback Mountain. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. 2005. And that is, like, they have sex. Jake Gyllenhaal gets beaten with an iron whatever. Um, You go back and there's, like, I mean, it starts with Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. It is linked to sex equals death. It was, like, the message that we received as children. And, like, American Beauty they right. he he is closeted gay he kisses somebody and then he murders him in the town of mr ripley he's gay mm-hmm. he murders two people mm-hmm. it's like it just is so clean clear cut that like if they have any sort of if they're character uh it, it's not gay it's a trans man but boys don't cry was also mm-hmm. very like not only did that character get killed but that character was also raped like it just was and that character has sex in the in the movie and i think looking back and thinking about this question of how are you brainwashed mm-hmm. i think like i was a very impression i was in my like early teens through the mid to late 90s how could i not be taking in that message yeah. that sex equals death that like if if you're you know if you're agador spartacus on the birdcage yes. you're just like a fun <laughs> you're, here, you're fun you're fun you're just you like cook. Cook you don't know how to cook you're real fun <laughs> everyone loves them everyone loves robin williams and, right. and nathan lane 
they're all fine in the end because they're never they're never having sex in yeah, the movie. Yeah, do we see them even kiss in that movie? Uh, maybe, but but also that's different than like that's not like a promiscuous like sexual right, drive. Right, right. But then you get into like in Brokeback Mountain, they like fucking a right, tent, right. and then they have to die. Right. Yeah. And I think I just think like taking that message in. So the reason this comes up is like I look at Gen Z gays Mm -hmm. and they are so much more like sexually liberated than I think my millennial gay friends are Mm -hmm. or when we were at that age just as a different time and I think like they had glee. And I also (laughs) want to point out like you see the change. I think the most important character of the 90s is Jack on Will and Grace. Mm -hmm. I know that we all know this, but if you really analyze it in this lens, he's the first character I can think of who was both. He, Mm. he, that character, what it was a network television show and he was talking about the men he hooked up with. Mm -hmm. He was like going on dates. His character was rooted in like the gay who, who sleeps around Mm -hmm. and he had a happy ending. He was loved by America. He was embraced and, and, I don't know. I think that was the beginning of the change. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot about how that message was given to us that sex equals death. A hundred percent. If you yeah. pursue, if you, if you pursue sex as a gay man, you're going to die or you're going to be a murderer. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. I think the culture forever was, and, and I feel like you've talked about this too, because I feel like with gay pride and prejudice, one of your goals has always been to just show gay men in all their facets. Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know we can be bad people we can be ugly Mm -hmm. we can be sexy we can you know Mm -hmm. like all the different sides because yeah we think you're right what you're saying for so long it was stuck on gay best friend yep fun easy breezy or like aids yeah (laughs) literally or secrecy and i think that just now it's finally starting to break down and i think that all these conversations about representation are what i think is important about that word is that it's not just having the characters there. Yeah. Like that's, it always feels like, well, we have them. We did it. Right. Right. But you have to think about like, what's the message that's being sent with those characters? And is it the zeitgeist idea that, Oh, gay men are promiscuous and they die, which I think was what, was understood mm-hmm. culturally in the 90s. So that's what was... Right. That's what straight guys knew about gay guys. Right. So that's what they were writing. Exactly. Right. They were like, ooh, yes, yes, yes. That's how we will tell. And also when there's not that many things out there, we're all looking to this one thing to yes. be like, please show who I am. And then it's not exactly right. But because everybody is different. So yes. it's like there's so much pressure on each thing to be representative of everyone. Which yeah. is not a thing that can happen. Yes. Yeah. And... And to think about, like, what the impact that that has, I will tell a story. Like, I, the day I came out to my mother, she told me years later that that night I came out to my mother in high school. And then she, after, you know, I probably went to bed because I was tired because it's exhausting. And she watched Six Feet Under that night. And the night that she turned it on was the episode where David gets kidnapped. Stop. <laughs> no. And she told me years later she had, like, Fully was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and I always, oh. I always think about that. That it's like if she had turned on, did some... he get kidnapped for being gay? I haven't watched it. Yeah, he was like some some like stalker guy kidnaps him, and he's it's like this whole end of. David was a very important character on Six Feet Under. I think he's so well written and played so yes. beautifully, and it is such great 
such a great turning point for gay characters but then he does have this arc in season five where he does get kidnapped and it's very weird and strange and i think it's a mistake in hindsight but Mm. i always think about i came out to my mother if there had been more positive gay content she could have turned on the tv and been like oh he's gonna be fine Mm. right there's chris colfer (laughs) absolutely no totally totally but she turned on the tv and she was like oh my god gays get kidnapped right right and I just think, like, that's another type of brainwashing, too, is, 100%. like, my mother's reaction to my news could have been altered. Mm-hmm. And she's very supportive. It's all great. But, like, I think of her pain in that moment or yeah. her fear or whatever. My my fear is my child will get hurt. Like, yes, because they are gay. Yes. Like, and parents think being disapproving or saying, don't do that. They're trying to essentially save their child. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? But... Guess what? You're not. Yeah. And Um, now it's like, my kid's gay. It's like, yay. (laughs) Thank God. Yes, honey. (laughs) Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. I mean, not everywhere. And not in all cultures. But I think that that's what, (laughs) yes. No, but it's it's like, there's just more of um, the message that's being sent is like, it's broader. And it's also written by more gay people. It's Mm -hmm. telling. So I just think specifically gay men around my age who were receiving all of these award-winning films that were like this is what good storytelling is the message that straight actors got to do yes yeah straight actors got to harvey die. milk mm-hmm. you know also killed has a sex scene like mm-hmm. it's just so cle- it's so yeah mm-hmm. crazy it's so crazy when you started being sexual with mm-hmm. that. was there anything like feeding into that were you was there any fear and oh my god yeah i do feel as as a friend of yours felt it took a while for you to talk about your sexual experiences like, oh I don't my god yes no if we got there in our relationship right away because you know? I, I, 100 because i think my experience growing up and coming to college was there were like types of again there were two types of gay men that I encountered there were the ones that like I tried to pass I was like I'm gay but also I can play straight mm-hmm. was like my validation mm-hmm. and and then there were gays that were like I'm sexual and I'll talk about all the things that I do and I was like that's not me I don't do that mm-hmm. and it, it bleeds into your close family friendships totally. and then um, that is like direct it's like yes i'm not ever going to be someone that walks around talking about my sexual life but i with the people that you know and love to the shame of being taught that it's bad even though i was i've always been confidently out and open it's like but i don't talk about sex i was i was the eunuch the fun Mm -hmm, eunuch mm -hmm. i was presenting myself as that Mm. um there's because especially for our generation and the generations before us there's so much secrecy mm-hmm. tied into this queer experience mm-hmm. of, you know, getting the the 3 a.m. phone call of like, can I talk to you about something? And yeah. like, like the coming out and the danger of who knows this person's out, who knows this person. Like mm-hmm. that was so a part of it. And in a way that I'm like so glad is not a part of it for this next generation. Yeah. You know, the darkness of there's just secrecy and who knows and what can they see about me that I don't want them to see or what do I know about myself that I don't know and yes it's it's just a lot it's a lot I mean and 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 you're and you're dealing with it not with the support of your family you're you're also like you have to just go in your own mind to try to figure it all out when you're 13 or whatever well and that's the other thing too the toolkit to Hmm. discuss it is like you 
you have to find it's it's so I had a very positive experience coming out. I had a very I was very supported. I'm still very supported. The, my friends in life I've had the best friends. I moved to New York. It really was not hard for me to come out or that experience. But it is interesting to hear you say that I shared things late because, yes, it was easy. And, yes, I had a, a very simple path to it all. But then there's still the stigma, like, buried deep in you about what you share and whatnot. And now I don't shut up about anything. But <laughs> <laughs> um, another funny thing about my mother is she'll be like, oh, God, stop talking about me. <laughs> But what's really funny is I was very much a young kid that was like, I want to see adult movies. I don't mm-hmm. want to be. And my mother was like, yeah, sure. I'll. She had this amazing thing where she was like, we'll go see movies. And if you have any questions, you can ask me about them. Right. It was incredible. And she was like, I'd rather be the one to teach you. Yes. So we'd go to see rated R movies. And the one that she's like, it was a mistake. <laughs> Was American Beauty was nominated for an Oscar. I think I was like 11 or 12 years old. And I was like, I have to see this movie. It has, what's her name? Um, Annette Bening. Thora Birch. Oh. <laughs> but yes, those <laughs> other two icons. Um, I was like, I have to oh, see this. Hocus Pocus. Yes, Queen. <laughs> and I remember I could feel my mother the moment it began being like, oh God, oh God, oh God. Mm-hmm. And the like, fuck me, your majesty, when Annette Benning and Peter Gallagher have sex in the hotel, my mother was like, I escaped my body. <laughs> 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 but that movie has a very interesting gay storyline to it. But no, I she had this, I think that like my, a lot of the reason I'm creative is because I got exposed to good content that was adult Mm. Like me, not not porn, but like adult thinking <laughs> content. Because I watched and the porn, porn and the too. Porn. No, but like I was exposed to movies that forced me to think harder. Yes, and I got to. I was I was a kid that was like obsessed with the Oscars, so I always wanted to see the Oscar nominated <laughs> films. I think American Beauty was like very important to me as a child. It was a very very important film because it was so obviously like metaphor and theme and like a plastic bag floating in the wind. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like and rose petals and it was creative, but I had I as a as like a young impressionable person was like that's art right and it's it's incredible Annette yeah. Benning with the fucking vacuum it's incredible uh, what is she saying I will sell this house I today. will sell this I house today my brain broke <laughs> I have some tiki torches in the garage I remember renting it or my parents I think it was a situation where my parents had rented it and then they went out to dinner and I was like old enough to be alone in mm-hmm. the house like what how what age were we when that it, it was 99 out? I think okay so they must have gone out and I was in the house and I I remember putting it in the VCR and mm-hmm. watching it and like listening for the car mm-hmm. so that my parents mm-hmm. if they came I could like right. take it mm-hmm. out because I wasn't supposed to be watching the R-rated movies that they rented I think I did that for a lot of movies they rented it was I like waiting the for fear. them to leave <laughs> so I just remember perched watching it and being like mm-hmm. <laughs> my version of that was I would we had a TV remote that had previous channel on it. Yes. And hovering the, the finger over yes, it. And yes. I would watch Queer's Folk on Showtime or whatever Absolutely. was on. Absolutely. I would watch <laughs> Queer's Folk, but Showtime. I would previous channel MTV. Mm. And, and I would have it on the lowest volume setting. <laughs> and I, the like off chance that someone in my house would wake up at, midnight and barge into the living room and be like what are you watching it never happened but i the panic of like yeah well i'm gonna watch queer as folk in the living room very quietly and if someone 
barges in here, I will just hit previous channel to MTV. Yeah, that won't look suspicious at all. <laughs> just holding the remote the whole I'm episode. I'm just watching music videos. Yes. I love them. <laughs> I did that with Undressed. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. I don't remember Undressed. 100%. It was like college kids. Porn. I mean, it wasn't porn. It was no. just like they were just like kissing in their bras. Just as horny oh. college kids. It was horny college kids <laughs> kissing in their bras, and it would air at 10 p.m. Oh my god! On MTV, so I'd be like up at my parents' room when they they had a TV, and I would I would watch it, and they would be watching their TV downstairs, and I'd be up there being like, when are they gonna come in here <laughs> and see? Them oh my god! And I think I would watch it with like with my other friends who I would have a slumber party with, and we'd yeah. be like up in my parents' room watching undressed together and being like. <laughs> I used to watch. <laughs> this episode is getting real horny. Yeah. Did you watch Taxi Cab Confessions? Of course. That taught me so much. What's that? Taxi Cab well, Confessions? You stupid uh, bitch. You don't know Taxi Cab Confessions. Was it HBO? Yes. I didn't have HBO. Oh. oh that's why you're like this. Yes. <laughs> Taxi Cab Confessions was they... they it was in Vegas, I think. No, New- it was in New York. Or- I That's thought it was. Where we have taxi cabs, right? And they do have them around the world. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows where it was? We don't but know it was, where it was. They had cameras in cabs, and they would pick up people, and they would. The cab driver would just ask them questions, and they would air the car trips of like the craziest middle peop- of the night, fucked up. Oh, I remember a, a straight couple got in and she still lactated and he sucked her boobies in the car and i was like and and and, you know what we're banning shit right now across the country for these children and i'm fine i turned out fine suck the boobies we're fine i was a child that watched people like be like this is what people do they're driving cars and suck boobies (laughs) (laughs) i'm fine I'm totally fine. <laughs> wow, wow. Never watched Taxi Cab yeah. Confessions. You didn't have, HBO. didn't have HBO. I also didn't have cable until I was like 12. So like well, I missed. That's, it's really all coming into focus now. I miss like now. Rugrats and stuff. <gasps> like people wow. are always like talking about early, like Clarissa. I didn't have uh, early Nickelodeon. Yeah, those are different than sort of Taxi Cab <laughs> Confessions. I didn't have the Disney Channel. Me either. Ooh, when I got the Disney Channel when I was 12, that really popped off. Like, and <laughs> you didn't get to watch uh, Lizzie McGuire? No. Oh that wasn't my me. God. We guys... don't care about that. My mother. <laughs> we are fucking watching people suck their <laughs> <laughs> lactated boobies yeah. out in the back seat. Um, let's the final chapter here of how we brainwash is a little game we call casting. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick a category and then we're gonna say who is what in that category. So if we were to pick condiments, one of us mm-hmm. would be ketchup, one of us would be mustard, one of us would be relish. And it's based on your assets, your vibes, your vibes. Mm-hmm. Right. Not who you want to be. Not yes. who you want to be. Or not who you'd play. It's just who are you? Are you a mustard or are you a relish? Yeah. Um, do you have a thought? I, I didn't come here today with one, but when you, your Joe March haircut, I think we have to do mm. Little Women. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I know there's four. Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. But I also am open to any thing you Well, do. when you said Queer as Folk, that sort of <gasps> sparked something wow. in me, but... Mm. You know, I think let's start Little Women. Okay, let's do Little Women. Okay. Everyone go in your brains. Go in your little brains and cast. I'm in. I'm locked in. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm um, 
Yeah, I'm locked in. <laughs> Who wants to start? I can start. Well, I feel confident that Zach is Joe. <laughs> I mean, rider vibes. I just feel like I, Zach, half the time I try to contact you, you're like, I'm in the, I'm writing. <laughs> <laughs> I've been writing for 19 hours. Yeah, I just feel you've got the imagination. You've got the chutzpah. You've got it all. You've got the just I don't need to get married I want to go and live my life and I'm gonna carve out this new audio script <laughs> medium I am obsessed with you right now wow <laughs> and Nicole I feel is Amy <laughs> <laughs> I feel Nicole you know wants to be invited to the party mm-hmm. Nicole <laughs> is spiteful she's gonna <laughs> She's going to throw your manuscript in the fire. (laughs) She's going to go to Paris and Mm. be in, you know, find that rich husband. (laughs) Um, And I gave myself Lori. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, uh, you know, bopping around a little lost (laughs) at some points, drinking in Europe with a new goatee. People are saying, where are you, Lori? Mm -hmm. Come back, you know. And then I'm going to fucking marry anyone to be a March, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I just want to be in the party. (laughs) I'm trying to be in the club. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it. I'm similar in a lot and different in some. So I also gave you Lori. I just feel you're so just like neighbor boy bopping around. Mm -hmm. Like, what are we playing today, gals? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely do identify as an Amy. I think Mm -hmm. that I am just like, I want to paint with my grandma and then fuck my sister's old boyfriend. <laughs> Just a little brat. Mm. <laughs> um, and now that I've heard your gorgeous pitch, I really do think you're Joe, but it, when I was in my mind, you were Meg. Mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. was just something about like, don't embarrass me at the uh-huh. party. Yes, absolutely. I, we are doing this kind of energy mm-hmm. and not that kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find a husband and leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, yes, yes. That's where I landed. But the Joe thing I, it was gorgeous and I think is more accurate. But but I think it would be inaccurate to say Meg. that there are no shades of Meg in you. Yes, I, think I agree. Yeah. I had exactly Jenny's casting, mm-hmm. but I was self-conscious to call myself Joe because to cast yourself as the Carrie is exactly, always terrifying. Of course, of course. <laughs> but I do, I would more go, I'm, I think I'm hearing your description and your description, you are both. 100% accurate. I'm probably a Joe Meg rising. Mm-hmm. I think the like, I'm gonna just seize this and control this and project the image I want to, but also like work my ass off. And I think Greta Gerwig's scene where Joe is with all the papers on the floor is like the most beautiful love letter to writers, whatever. Um, I'm obsessed. But you, I'm sitting in between a an Amy and a Lori, 1,000%. It's extremely so. We're going to get married. I, and I, we are. Essentially, we are. Yeah, Nicole's energy is fun and playful, but she will cut you and throw your manuscript in the fire and I'm tell you spiteful. your haircut is bad. And, You're one great beauty. And she will fall into a lake and make you rescue her. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That part especially, I think. And Jenny is... Bop, bopping around she's always the bopping character <laughs> bopping. she's there she's fun then drama does come and she kind of gets out of it unscathed she's yeah. good i end up marrying a march regardless yeah so mm-hmm. 
Um, I love it. I love that. Okay. I'm glad that none of us are Beth. <laughs> no, I, like, I mean, none anyone of us, cast us on, as Beth. Be... <laughs> Say oh. <laughs> All right, Zachary. Well, we're going to release you to your gay brunch. <laughs> <laughs> I do stereotypically have a brunch to get to. It's I love that. so bad. <laughs> um, tell the people where they can keep up with all of your future endeavors, audio storytelling and beyond. I'm only really on instagram you can follow me thackeray banks on instagram and then gay pride and prejudice is on spotify right now it's free download it listen and there'll be more coming out in the fall so stay tuned we love you so much we love you thank you for doing the pod it's so much fun okay bye best friends forever bye bye